Okay, so daylight savings ending almost ended my shit. Like, I, what the fuck? You know, like, what the fuck? I can't, every year I'm stunned. Every year it's amazing to me that my mood just shifts so dramatically according to the weather. I cannot even believe it, you know? And I have a whole podcast about me. I be journaling. I'm an introspective ass bitch. And I still cannot understand how I am so susceptible and prone to this inevitable mood shift year after year after year. It's incredible. I literally feel like two different people. Um, Spring, summer, Tracy um, collection and fall, winter, ready to wear craziness. Um, It's election day, which means that we are bracing ourselves for chaos, for looting, for rioting. I actually don't know where this is coming from. Where is this coming from? Who is out here so I work at CVS, right? I'm a pharmacy technician at CVS. And they gave us like these Actually, I maybe I shouldn't say it. Whatever. It's just, um, you know, there are like uh, instructions on what to do before, you know, if there's post-election chaos and all these food carts. Like I just met up with my boyfriend for lunch and the food carts were closing early. Everyone's like afraid for real. And I guess it's because of the protests that been ha- have been happening and... I don't know. I don't know if it's warranted or unwarranted. I just, I personally have not heard anything about anything, but hey, I don't know. You know, I, okay. If the Donald wins, right, and is going to be president some more, then it's shitty, but We've been existing in that, you know? Of course, like two terms is way worse than one term, but we done made it through one term. It's Point is, I'm saying... Point is, I'm saying we've already experienced it, you know? So I'm really hoping that Biden wins. And listen, if you're somebody who has the ability to vote... As in, like, you got mailed a ballot and you didn't vote? Fuck you. I don't give a fuck. Fuck you. That's so lame. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't care how little you think it matters. I don't care if you are over here like, oh, it doesn't count. They don't even count our votes. It's all about you know, the bureaucracy, the electoral college, whatever. Like, I don't give a shit, motherfucker. Get your ass up. Vote. Because even if it barely matters, do it. Exercise your right to vote in America. Do you know what I mean? Like, to me, it's so... uh, I don't know. It's just so... um, I can't even explain it. It's just like a 
listen, sometimes things don't need to make sense on a practical level and you don't need to do all the statistical math about how much it matters or doesn't matter. It's the principle and it's the concept of it, the action of it, you know? Please be a citizen. Please engage. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is, if you are complaining and you're not voting, if you're complaining about anything political in the world, in the world, you know, this year, last year, you need to fucking vote because at least you're doing something, right? And it'll make you feel better if anything, if it, even if it doesn't count. Like, not voting is just a, such a stupid thing to do if you have any sort of political commentary come out of your mouth at any time during the year. Doesn't have to be election season. That, to me, is idiotic. I'm so sorry. Like... I don't want to fucking hear it. If you have shit to complain about and you never voted, I don't want to hear it. Um, I'm only talking to the people who are able to vote, obviously. I'm drinking this kombucha, right? And it's GT's Living Foods, which is like my favorite kombucha brand because they have like lower sugar. And I don't know, you can kind of just tell. I don't even need to do any research. I can kind of just tell when a company gives a fuck and a company doesn't, you know? Um, I love Brew Doctor, but I just feel like Brew Doctor does not give a fuck about consumers. I'm judging based on simply i mean they haven't done anything there's no scandals there's nothing wrong it's purely just the fact that they have so much sugar in their shit and they like don't disclose it and they still act like it's healthy like there's so much sugar in doctor in brew doctor kombucha and like it just looks like a like a frat bro started it in some fucking underground kitchen and you know like i don't know the startup story sounds really shady gt's living foods i don't even know who starts gt's who started it, but I know that they started it in their home, like making it for their dying mother or something like that. So that just, mm, I don't know. I am a sucker for like a good story, a good background story and like Brew Doctor. And also I know the owner of Brew Doctor fucking like the one person, I read this interview and like the one person that he would have lunch with was Jeff Bezos. So I was like, ew. <laughs> that's probably where all the the bitterness comes from actually now that i think about it yeah that's exactly where it comes from i was buying brew doctor kombucha because like i like the packaging until i read that article and it was like who did you have lunch with and he was like jeff bezos this is the founder of brew doctor and i was like oh no so i just stopped buying it um you know it's so funny like you can um like, like something small like that can totally like when you have a brand or whatever, some, saying some small like little shit like that can throw shit so off balance for you and your company. It's so weird. Like, I think it's so crazy when Elon Musk says something and then stocks like actual literal stocks, like actual money things are affected. Money is so real, you guys. Like having money and not having money like 
not that it's the most important thing in the world, but it's, it's real. Like if you're out here living like money doesn't matter point blank, then you're living in a delusional fantasy world that is not reality because money does matter and it plays into your experience in this life, like in so many ways, especially if you're in a capitalist society. So anybody who's saying that money doesn't matter, please uh, reconsider. And I know that it's so, um, uh, I don't know, just unsavory to like pursue financial literacy or like to I don't know, think about money more than you have to, but like the more you know about something, the less power it has over you. And I just feel really sad when I see that there's, you know, I was stuck in this phase for a while, but I feel like I'm coming out of it, which I'm very glad to be because I'm 22. I can be kind of financially stupid right now, but I know there's a time limit to how long that phase will last. I can't be financially stupid forever. Um, I don't want to be somebody who, you know, loses their morals to financial decision making or anything like that. And I don't see that happening at all. Like I'm way too much of a creative person and an abstract thinker and all this other shit. I'm a bleeding heart. Like I don't really see that happening. And I'm conscious of, you know, the tendency that financial literacy and uh basically chasing the bag can make you can make you apathetic if you're not aware of it but i feel like i'm aware of it you know so anyway it's important though like it doesn't matter what income level you are being financially literate can not just save you money because like i said money in and of itself isn't anything but it's the tool that it is it's the tool that can bring you like so much stuff you know what i'm saying like it's a tool for you to you know if you have a hobby a lot of times you having money can you know mean that it means that you can engage in that hobby and money sometimes literally just translates to time you know like for me I know how I am is I despise cleaning, cooking. I despise it. I despise any task that's been traditionally carried out by women um, and used to basically like oppress women, like tasks that are done by, by women, you know, like, I don't know, like, I'm such a, I don't know, like, I, I, okay, so spiritually, I believe in ancestors existing inside of you, right? Like, in your psyche, in your spirit, just in your energy, and, and I really genuinely believe in that, and it's, and it's a belief that can't be shaken by outside opinion, so, you know, like, just as, like, somebody who's Christian, you can't really say anything to them this is something where I just believe it and I know it and I feel it when I'm, when I'm like, you know, confronting myself or when I'm in nature and at complete peace, like that's these, you know, some things you just, you know, and like, 
my ancestors have spent way too much fucking time and energy on that shit. And to the point where me doing it feels entirely, entirely, entirely like fucked up and unfair. You know, I don't really know how to explain it. I'll do other. I'm not like a lazy person. I'm not saying like I'm never lazy, but like at work, I'm hardworking. Every job I've had where I've been paid, I've been like the hardest worker in my group, you know? However, however, when it comes to home responsibilities, and it's not about personal care either, you know? I take care of myself, of my health, of my personal health, whatever. But when it just comes to like these tasks, domestic tasks, I don't want to do them. And so all of this, all of this is to say that I'm somebody who despises spending time doing domestic work. And I know for a fucking fact that if I had the expendable income, I would, I would hire people to come and clean my house and do my laundry. That's my number one motivator for making money. And when I am at a place where I can comfortably, as in like, I feel like I'm not stupid for doing it. Like I feel like I'm, I can soundly, hire people to come and clean my house on a regular basis that's when i have made it (laughs) and i do like fashion i do like clothes but like clothes don't cost that much to be honest and especially if you're buying vintage like i i like vintage clothes and thrift shopping it does not cost that much but um i mean if i had more money i probably would buy clothes too but just what's important to me is that you know it's like the time Like, and it's a crazy thing to complain about because I know, like, regardless, like, people have to keep a clean home and it's not, like, about gender roles or whatever. But that's just me personally. Um, Yeah. Every – even now, like, I – obviously, I'm not a slob, so I do my laundry and I, like, clean the house on a regular basis and I don't leave all the housework for my boyfriend, although, like, we split it 50-50 basically, you know? Um. But every time I'm I'm sweeping the house or I'm doing some laundry, I'm like, fuck this shit, fuck this shit, fuck this shit. The entire time in my head, I cannot get over it. It's like crazy. But if I'm doing other, like, you know, sometimes I enjoy cooking um, if it's like a cool recipe and even homework. Like, you know, like the point is that the amount that I despise domestic tasks highly outweighs other unfavorable tasks you know? So yeah, like homework, these other things, it's not fun for anybody going to work. It's not that fun, but like the amount that I hate doing domestic tasks, it's like phenomenal. It's like crazy. So it's about worth. I was watching Confessions of a Shopaholic again for the first time since I was like 12 13 i don't know i was like so confessions of a shopaholic is it was a book before it was a movie right and when i was younger i loved i loved to read a book and then watch the movie it was like my favorite thing in the world is like reading a book playing it out in your imagination and then going to see a movie and like seeing it played out differently than how you had played it out in your imagination it's so cool um so anyway i was in love with the sophie Kinsella 
uh, Confessions of a Shopaholic series. And there's like several books. Um, but the movie, I think, was just based off the first book. So I was rewatching the movie and oh my gosh, it's so crazy how like, okay, so I was like, I don't know how old I was. I'm going to guess like between 10 years old and 13 years old watching it. And the shit that I'm seeing, the messages that I'm pulling today are like so fucking relevant and it's about money and it's about, you know, consumerism and shopping and all this other stuff, stuff that I um think about like think about like a lot like it's a theme right now a theme in my life right now and when I was younger I watched it and I like I don't know it's so crazy like how could how could I have watched that movie and understood anything you know what did I I just liked seeing the pretty clothes and I liked the romance aspect and um So basically, Confessions of a Shopaholic is about this lady who is a shopaholic. She, like, maxes out her credit cards at, like, designer stores. And she has, like, a lot of, like, beautiful clothes. But she can't afford them. And she's a journalist, right? And so then she wants to be in this fashion magazine. But then she can't get into the fashion magazine. So she settles and works for a financial journal that's under the same parent company as the fashion magazine. And the financial journal, she actually does really well she's an anonymous writer for it and she kind of represents like the common consumer that's tricked by corporations right um and so she's writing about it in very like layman's terms and then she gets great success from from this uh this article or what's it when it's an article published every month i don't know Anyway, she's she gains popularity as a writer here um, for this financial journal, but then she owes a shit ton of credit card debt. And then there's this guy who's a debt collector following her everywhere and like like ready at every corner, he's ready to expose her to people who are like her boss and other people who are important. And and you know, she doesn't want to be exposed as being somebody who's in crazy debt because she's writing for a financial magazine. So that's what the movie is about. And for some reason, I fucking love that movie and I love that book and I couldn't get enough of it. And that was like probably one of the first books where I was just completely absorbed. Um, right after Little House on the Prairie. So, yeah, I don't know. I think that like I have this tendency to believe that we have like this collective experience and common experience. And I forget that my experience is personal and not like anybody else's and that it's like pretty unique, you know, like in the same way that everybody else's experiences are unique. I have unique experiences and I have um, temperaments and favorabilities and things that, you know, are pretty unique to me. And um, money's always been there. Sex has always been there. Fashion's always been there. And it's so weird, you know? It's just so weird, like, to be, like, like, I don't know where that comes from. I guess, like, I was talking to Sable about this sort of the other night when we were out for drinks. Like, she said, like, that's where the soul comes in, you know? Because I'm, like, I was telling Sable, I was, like, I've always been, like, 
a sexually energetic person even before it was like appropriate to like talk about it or anything and um not to get personal but i i know that there's a lot of people who are hypersexual or whatever because of past trauma or abuse or whatever and i think back and i've talked to every you know every therapist goes digging for it and this is what i told sable too and i just there's nothing there's just like the i think just the hyperactivity it's just you know hypersexuality is just kind of like a byproduct of hyperactivity in general and i just i don't know there's always been something like so fun and like interesting to me about sex even as a concept before i knew what sex was you know just the idea of being like alluring or the idea of um i don't know i just as i've always found it to be a very like interesting thing just how primal we get when we think about it or when we act and it's just like uh nothing it's like nothing else in the human experience and so it's just it's always been highly interesting to me and i guess um i just have a tendency to like be fascinated by things that can bring instant pleasure or instant like gratification um, so like I said, that's like money. That's like sex. That's like, uh, drugs. <laughs> that's like Instagram, you know, like, I don't know. Good music, catchy music, you know, like I have, I love all types of music, but there's definitely like a categorical split between music that speaks to me like emotionally and music that just catches my attention you know and as much as I love music that can capture me emotionally and you know music that is complex and deep and all this other stuff like I understand intricacy and I understand like the artfulness of that and I can access the abstract and the ether you know what I'm saying like I can go there but as much as I appreciate that, I, you know, I love something that can hook me right away. Like I love when there's a song that's just instantly catchy, like, and it's honestly so boring and lame to me when I hear people who denounce something simply because it's simple or popular or easy to dissect. Like you don't need to be nothing, nothing, um what was i saying uh things don't need to be complex to be beautiful you know what i'm saying like something can just be very simple and like catchy and that's it and it makes you feel good and that's it and so as much as i appreciate intricacy there's always been this fascination with things that can just capture attention right away um including visually which is why i love fashion so it's just interesting to me like um why things like that you know why why is that because we're it's just uh acting on the amygdala you know it's just quick it's amazing it's amazing like how glitter reminds us of rippling water and that's why it's so um attention catching crazy i wonder why catchy songs are catchy i've never looked into that <laughs> 